From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I am Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Rick said the last episode, that's what our moms think. I, I mean, he probably did. He did. I listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, just do a quick little thing. All right, I was getting a weird echo. All right, fix that. Uh, Justin is also here. Hello, everybody. Uh, and special guest Ellis is sitting in on this episode, and he'll be uh, more prevalent in the next one. Yes, we, I'm here. Yeah, he's here. I'm sorry for cocking over you, man, but we dragged him in here, kicking and screaming. It, uh, it's, been a, <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about that more yep. later. Uh, before we get too deep here, the American Homebrewers Association does lots to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I want to give a big shout-out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Tyler Romanski, Hop and Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. That one still cracks you up every time. Yeah, good old Brian Bryanson, <laughs> only because he messaged me about it and was like, you should do this. Yep. <laughs> All right, I will. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash blindestudios and become a patron today, or click on the patron link in the bottom of our homepage at blindestudios.com. And while you're there, go ahead and click on our store link at blindestudios.com, uh, and that'll bring you to our Teespring, or you can go directly there at teespring.com slash store slash blindestudios, and Hop and Barrel has one now, too. We do, that we didn't talk about <laughs> on either of those episodes we just recorded. Well, I didn't remember wow. until I started reading my copy. Neither did so. we. Justin just made the gun to head motion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so uh, we have a lot to talk about today. So we're going to kind of you know, like run through some stuff. But first, uh, Brian, you've been out for a few weeks. Yeah, I, I wanted to address it because I think it's important to talk about it. Um, but my, my father passed away after a very long bout with uh, lung cancer and, in the end, Parkinson's, which uh, was, was very tough. And uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, it's, you know, we're getting, we're getting to the end of it and, and we're moving on and, you know, remembering him the best we can. And, um, but, yeah, I, I'm sorry for being gone. I'm back. Let's, let's do this. All right. Um, and in lieu of talking about what we've been beer, uh, up to beer related, cause I feel like Rick and I and Gordon and I have talked about that enough for, <laughs> uh, for the next month or so, uh, we have, uh, something kind of fun. We have a homebrew, uh, from a listener, uh, Michael sent this in, um, it should have been two bottles of the same beer, which we have, uh, which is a Seattle, uh, Seattle area localized ale version of a Minnesconsin clone, nice. uh, because I Exciting. do not have temp control. Um, I thought it was one of the best beers I've ever made, but you will be receiving it about about four months after I drank the last of mine, so c'est la vie. Uh, I'd appreciate your thoughts nonetheless, um, and here's the recipe. It is 100% uh, Pilot Pilsner. Pilot Pilsner is the Skagit uh, Valley Malting Local Pilsner for Seattle area brew shops. Um, and then there is IT, uh, 0.4 ounces or 18 IBUs of Nugget at 60 minutes. Uh, 0.1 ounce or 0.4 IBUs of Saphir at 10 minutes, and then 0.2 ounces of Saphir at zero minutes at Flame Out, uh, fermented with WLP001. Is it Saphir or Sapphire? Have we ever... It's S-A-P-H-I-R. I yeah. would say Sapphire. I know there's no E. We always there's say no Sapphire, e, but... So that I would know. be Saphir. 
Like we've always said sapphire, um, haven't we? I don't know. I don't know. Cannot or not? I don't know. I mean, there's silent letters. Yeah, and we got it. We got another Anybody bottle. Open that too. one or no? Um, maybe. Let's see. Okay, let's see how. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely open <laughs> well, it. We but will eventually, but you know, we might not open it on this one. Yeah. We might save it for like. For another episode. Um, all right. Uh, and then fermented with WOP001. Uh, OG was 1047, finishing at uh, 1010 with an ABV of 4.9%. Final IBUs, 18.3 with an SRM of 3.2. Um, hey, yeah. Did Michael give any indication of, like, he has he doesn't have temp control, but, like, what uh, normally he what's he at? send me uh, that information. He did uh, say that he has brewed another version of this. Awesome. Um, uh, let me see if I can. I'll, I'll pull that up. Um, but yeah, Michael, thank you, man. It is mighty cool to get uh, any kind of beer mail, um, and especially that you took the time to make a clone for us is really, really flattering. This is the first. <laughs> honestly, this is the first clone I, I think know of of same. any beer we've made, or that we've that we've heard of at least heard of or yeah. had. I mean, I don't. Um, I, we're not shy about sharing the recipe. I don't. You're not going to make it taste the same as us, so mm-hmm. it doesn't. Doesn't matter to me. But yeah, I'm tasting it right now. I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, so I, I mentioned that we were going to taste it today, and he sent me. Um, he uh, he made another version with a little bit of flaked rice that he's drinking right now. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Awesome. Um, all right. So I guess Brian, you want to start us off? I haven't had a chance to taste it yet because I've been chatting. Uh, yeah. No. Um, definitely. Um, <sighs> You know, not to be harsh or anything, but definitely can tell there's ale yeast in it versus a lager. Um, this is a little bit less of a lager character, but well, Minnesota's such a simple, clean beer that any any variation's going to show up. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but the second you move it to ale, it's going to be a big difference. Oh for sure, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting but, water, but I'm getting a, lot of the fruity esters from that. Yeah, but it's otherwise a, it's, it's a good a, bid. It's otherwise, a clean, well-made beer. The, yeah. Yeah, um, I like the pilsner. There's a nice bitterness to it mm-hmm. that I really enjoy, and it's crisp. It was bottled well. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice and cold and and fresh. But that's part of Minnesota too. There's, there's a little bit more bite from the hops than you typically yeah. expect. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe the bitterness was the bitterness was maybe I'd ease that back um, just a touch, but not. not a yeah, ton, I wouldn't do a it touch. a ton. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe lose like. Maybe lose your ten minute edition and just go with your flame out edition. Yeah, I think. What is the? Do you, do you have it real quick to pull up, Jay? The give me a second. I won't take yeah. long. So Justin will pull up the actual Minnesconsin uh, recipe. That let's see how mine won't go. Uh, go. No, I won't. I gotta. Yeah, mine's uh, doing that too. So whatever. I, I it it's centered. It's Breeze Synergy Pilsner Malt. Yep. And sapphire hops, and that's it. Rice and, hulls and rice hulls, and I don't remember. Well, yeah, Breeze Synergy is pretty sticky, so you gotta you gotta haul it. Um, we're kind of looking into some some enzyme, like an enzyme situation, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of you know uh, get rid of the rice hull situation, which we'll talk more about later. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I'm not picking up any off flavors. I'm yeah. not like this beer is very good. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's very good. And it's definitely the right essence of what you'd think for a Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Michael. All right. Um, anything you guys want to add before we move on? Um, no, just that, Michael, if we didn't give you the type of feedback or if you wanted more or whatever, just, just holla. Yeah, if you if you want us to do like a full tasting panel, I mean, Brian is a BJCP certified <laughs> judge, so 
haven't done an event in like more than a year and the emails are starting to pop up for those again for judging events so that's really cool um, right well and don't yeah. you just like get get to be one if you're a brewer no <laughs> i mean they they do that at the gabf but don't I, yeah. don't get me started on the brewers association no, I, right I completely now understand yeah <laughs> that, that, that's a whole other topic that's, yeah. yeah i think I, I think we've actually talked about that on the show we probably have because yep there's there's yep. There's things to talk about there. But anyway, we're gonna continue our blam discussion uh, because we're just uh, what, what, is it, is it um, Emil or Emeril the the chef who goes bam? That's em- Emeril Emeril Agassi. Yeah, yeah. But this is blam. So we're gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> um, so <laughs> Wait, did you did you come up with that right now? Wait, yes. Oh, okay. Right now. All right. I just had wondered if you maybe practiced that in the mirror or anything earlier. In, in my mind, we were talking about Batman earlier. I'm getting that kapow. Yeah, those, right. In, just in like, my head, I'm seeing a white screen with oh, it. Man. And there's just like uh, there's like the lazy monk monk like punching like. Oh, that's even better. Wow. Should, right? wow. <laughs> Too bad there's a podcast. And there's no visual. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're a Black hey, Laosh, I, 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 I need your logo real quick. Like, oh my God. Actually, just Laosh punching someone. <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. Oh, man. We visited uh, Laosh from Lazy Monk Brewing in Eau Claire. We visited him recently, yeah. actually. Real yeah. nice visit. Had some beers and good conversation. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's such a fun guy to talk to. <laughs> Um, so we are go- we are going to talk about uh, chapters four and five of this uh, of Brew Like a Monk. Um, kind of combining these because they deal with non Trappist beers, um, and there's like there's not much in chapter five except a listing of old Belgian breweries. And so if, if you're really interested in that, read the book. Um, but there's there's not a whole lot of discussion that we can actually have about that. Did Bjorn crack this book open yet? Uh, I believe he's read it already. He already read it. That's yep. right. Yep. That's what it was. Um, all right. So we're going to be talking about uh, Certified Belgian Abbey beers. So there's a Certified Belgian Abbey beer logo that you can find on these on these beers. And I was hoping to have one here, but I couldn't find the most popular one, Leffy or uh, La Trappe, anywhere. Which is crazy. Justin, you were talking about how the with the taxes worked. Um yeah, as well, far as the way that we import beers. So when Camter got past it, and I know that's that's a long abbreviation, which I it's the Craft Modernization Act a couple years ago. Sorry, which uh, reduced taxes for all the the craft breweries in this country, but at the same time, it went pretty heavy handed on all imports, which is going to affect Belgians. Mexican beers, all those kind of things, basically doubled the taxes to bring them in. God, Belgians are my favorite, though. Yeah, you know. So it's That's very disappointing to in me. In of itself, didn't do it, but with everything going on with importing right now anyway, it's pretty hard to see how double tax rates and import issues are, are certainly going to, in fact, import a beer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anywho. So um, so the Certified Belgian Abbey beer logo uh, guarantees nothing about where the beer is produced. So a beer with this uh, certification doesn't even have to be produced in Belgium. Uh, or like the EU, like it, it, it could be produced here in the U S right. But there are like three, there there are three rules associated with this. Uh, one, you have to have a link with an existing Abbey or former Abbey. Uh, you have to pay royalties for, uh, charities or to protect, uh, the cultural heritage of the Abbey or to benefit an institution that rep, that represents a former Abbey. Uh, which that one gets very murky very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the third one is the Abbey or existing institution has control over all advertising material. 
<laughs> Which also compounds how murky number three is. Yes. Um, and so this this is this is where it gets kind of like, hmm. Two of the world's largest beer companies, AB InBev and Heineken, uh, control two of the largest Abbey brands, uh, Leffy InBev and Afflegem, uh, which is owned by Heineken. Heineken. Um, and then there is a special case here uh, when we're... And forgive forgive my Flemish you want, slash Dutch. You want me to just do it? Yeah, go for it, man. Uh, Shopsqui. Shopsqui. That works. <laughs> uh, brewers, That's what we're rolling with. Or, or Brewers of La Trap, because we can all say La Trap. Yeah, um, yeah. Or Koenigshoven, uh held a Trappist mark in 1999, uh, but lost it after selling the brewery operation to the Dutch brewing giant Bavaria. Interesting. So as soon as they sold the brewing operation, they lost their Trappist brand. However, the brewery still continues to market the beer as a Trappist beer, even though it follow, uh, it only has the Abbey Ale certification. It, it doesn't it doesn't hold the Trappist mark, which means you like that's why you need to look for the Trappist mark. Well, the Trappist mark is an octagon. Yep. Or a hexagon. Uh, Purple. It's, it's, it's a yeah. It's I believe it's a octagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, yeah, I was hoping to find one. I believe it just says it's like a little dude with Abbey Ale next to it. I could look it up again. <laughs> you could look it up. So other Belgian breweries. Uh, so, uh, so then the next chapter goes on to talk about these other Belgian breweries who are brewing beer in historical fashion like one has been like they're they're still using like direct fire like direct wood fire kettles oh um, boy that sounds uh like a lot of fun ellis what do you think <laughs> i'd love to be stoking that fire <laughs> oh that sounds rustic yeah it uh and it's just, ass. yeah yeah that's what it sounds like um but yeah so i i kind of want to talk about Three different things here. Um, I talked to you guys about. But let's, let's start with the let's start with the first one here. Do you think having a separate designation between certified Trappist beer and certified Abbey beer is necessary? You know, my first my first question on this, and I'm sorry, I haven't read the chapters, mm-hmm. but is there any discussion about who advocated for the certified Abbey? So the certified Abbey, it's uh, the Belgian. Oh man, it's it's the same. It's it's the same one that does. I don't know who advocated for it, but uh, it's controlled by the same organization that controls the certified Trappist brand. Yeah, I, I that that makes sense. It just seems like something that a large beer company wanted to do so they could market a product that otherwise couldn't have the Trappist label. Well, and I wonder if it wasn't like uh, the the Shopskoy. Brewing yeah. like after after that was good. Yeah. It might just be shops quay. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter. Sounds I mean, the, the distinction exists, so it 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 leads to questions in and of it. But sometimes it's always good to know about how that distinction came about to mm-hmm. really understand what the thinking was, even if it's not being implemented right as it was intended. But that number three just is so murky, like it's you said, so murky. And like because now you could, in theory. Um, find a historical abbey that um, existed at one point, was raised in the French Revolution, World War One, World War Two, like at any point, um, by a section of land near it, 
uh, or not even just like purchase, like just recreate the name and say that you are that group advocating for that Abbey. And now you have an Abbey certified beer. Well, it, what's to stop us from making a don't making a beer, making a donation to whatever, you know, how many different Catholic churches have absorbed abbeys and then having a local Catholic church or whatever, just say, okay, we're going to run your advertising for this beer and then do it. Right. Smoke and mirrors, man. Well, no, I, I so, know. I mean, <laughs> you, you'd have to like, you'd have to convince that board that you get the certification, but. Yeah. But by their criteria, how can they, I, I mean, it just, it, yep. it asks a bunch of questions that are interesting, but it starts diluting. I, I think one, having a second one starts automatically diluting the brand of the Trappist of label. The Trappist. Honestly, I think for me, what, the the Abbey thing, I can see through that. The Trappist thing makes me feel like I'm drinking something from an exclusive club. I agree. So from that angle, I'm like, yes, I think there needs to, to be two. Uh, I uh, these Trappist ones, I I would if I was sitting there looking and I'm like, I can only get one four pack or one six pack, and there's the Trappist and there's the Abbey label sitting there. I'm I'm gonna go for the Trappist every single time because I can think about a monk in a robe stirring the pot or whatever, which well, may and, not be the case. And maybe maybe I guess when you talk about brand confusion, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, which maybe, which is the second. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring up the second question yeah, here: Does sure. having the two different certifications with similar marketing cause consumer confusion? Very definitely, because if you don't look under the surface, you know, you don't look under the hood, you don't know. See, that that was my gut too. Is it it does create brand confusion? But then I I got thinking about it. Of your average consumers, you have to think of the average consumer who's even interested in this beer and knows what those labels mean anyway. Yeah. That's true. And, you know, what did I hand you earlier, Ellis? I handed you this little pamphlet from yeah. a liquor store that explained uh, it was an introduction to, to Abbey or to what does it say on an there? An introduction to Belgian beer. Yeah, and so this What's is... What's the difference between a Trappist Ale and Abbey Ale? Yeah, right? So, so yeah. that's what we're talking about. So, okay, so this liquor store has chosen to put together this pamphlet and get this that's probably 15 years old that you're handing there so don't you know don't don't mess it up no, i'm just kidding anyway, <laughs> he did a good job showing everybody that was fantastic you've read Again. to kindergarten oh, yeah went, and it went right to the like, camera that was beautiful <laughs> this guy's been on a camera before i like it so you can see it i can't i can yeah, never I see it i can hide behind the mic anyway <laughs> as far as brand confusion goes that's how you you know, alleviate that situation. Yeah, I, I, my, my gut was totally with you. It, it's brand confusion, and you you do anything more, it just it it dilutes it and confuses it more. But as we talked about, there's fewer of these beers in market anyway. The people who want yeah. them are seeking them out. They're probably mm -hmm. a little more educated on those differences anyway. Yes. So I, I guess there's it kind of leads to a litany of questions of what's the average consumer, right. and then are you talking in the U.S. or in Europe? Or maybe it is a little easier to confuse the consumer because these are just a broader part of the normal drinking environment. Yeah, and as much yeah. as as much as I would really like to drink every single beer fresh, unless it's something that you're not supposed to drink fresh, you know, these beers age very well. And so a lot of times when you run into these beers in the market, they're dusty, you know, and probably sitting on a warm shelf. Um, and they're usually still great. And they're usually still yeah. great, especially yep. Orval, dude. Like I yeah. would, I would, I've been in Belgium and had an Orval in, in, and it was like the greatest thing on the planet, but I've also had one from the liquor store in Hudson, Wisconsin. It was also the, the greatest thing on the planet. Which when you say these beers though, I think you're talking more in general, the Trappist ones, not necessarily the happy ones, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that actually, 100%. well, also, but 
I mean that that kind of brings me into my third my third uh, point here because I want to I want to make this even murkier. Oh no! Because it sounds oh, fun. Oh no! <laughs> um, so we have there's also a lot of historical Belgian breweries that don't fall under Abbey or Trappist monikers that are secular breweries that have um, histories going back to the 1300s. This is chapter five, um, and then. Uh, so, like, do should they get some kind of distinction instead of being just under the moniker of Belgian beer? Because, like, that gets even more confusing in the U.S. because we have Belgian style ale, and we're going to talk about that when we once we get into Belgian style U.S. breweries. Um, but, like, you have beers like Quok. You have um, stuff from um, De Havman, like, all these, like, other breweries that are like traditional Belgian beers. Um, and like, if you find them on the shelf, they might be dusty, but they're still good. You Absolutely. Know? Man, there are a bunch in here that I haven't, if I didn't read this book, wouldn't have net you'd never hear. Right. Of any well, and like even getting like, and then you get into like the sour thing, which we're not talking about. Cause we're talking about these styles. Right. Well, and little difference with some of the way they brew, but yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot to unpack with that question. And, and it's sort of like, are you just asking that as someone who likes organization and, and giving it, or for the nature of the question, do you think any of these breweries really care? I, I honestly, I don't think they care. Um, like, at, at that at that level. Um, because we're, we're looking at, uh, well, in, in, in the chapter, they, they talk about how um, a lot of the locals are going to more of these historical... Uh, breweries uh, without the Trappist or Abiel moniker because it's more just beer instead of beer with a story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a really cool thing for, you know, a, a liquor store or someone who's trying to sell those beers to, to market it that way. So it'd be a great marketing idea to yeah. have something like that. But it also does keep lending to confusion over what's the difference between three different things now. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Even you know? though the reality is that third tier you're talking about probably deserves a little more recognition than what can fit in the shoehorn of Abbey Ale. You know, right. and honestly, like, to, to add a third thing and get everyone excited about <clears throat> that third thing sounds like a lot of, you know, what did I say before? Smoke and mirrors, a lot more work. Corporate bullshit. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, add another thing to the pile of all the things that we have to do all the time, you know, to, to market the beer. So. Right. Well, and then, yeah. Well, and I think this is a question for for the uh, for like later down the road. But like even like the like, do you think there should be another name instead of like Belgian style for like these Trappist style beers? No. I, I like that designation because Belgian style implies that it wasn't made in Belgium. Yep. To me. And and that's what it's supposed to do. Okay. And I, you know, or you would say, well, what's another example besides Belgian style? Well, I mean, you could, you, you could break it down into double, triple. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like even then, like, all right. So if I say um, a Belgian blonde, you immediately know those flavors in your head. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, well, well, Leffy doesn't have really that. No, no, God, because I wish we were drinking a bottle of that. I know, right? Day, but but Leffy, Leffy isn't a Belgian blonde. Leffy mm -hmm. is a blonde, an, a blonde. That's an Abbey style beer. That's exactly. It doesn't have the spice. It doesn't have the banana clove. Yeah, that's not what I think of. I think of banana and clove. 
Yeah, it's it, it's it's all like, and that's it, what I want too. It, I, I I like this discussion because it's, I mean, it's it's very marketing, and like that you guys do that on kind of a daily basis, like thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's also like yeah. it's it as a consumer, like it's something that you don't really stop and think about very often. Yeah, we're never not thinking about marketing. No, no, but but that's the thing though. You could make an Abbey Ale that has that banana and clove. Yep. Yeah, but then is it an Abbey Ale or is it a Belgian style ale? Well, I mean, as long as you're not a Trappist monk making it, it's an Abbey Ale, even if, if it, it has the certification. Yes. What if I'm wearing monk robes when I make it? I don't. They have <laughs> one of the own. rules. <laughs> I, I, I would have said something, but his face rendered <laughs> all of you speechless. Yeah. Like there wasn't there wasn't one of the rules, Brian. There wasn't one of the rules. Mm. Just trying to spice it up. All right. Um, I suppose if he bought the monk robes from, from Belgium, from Belgium, uh, you're from supporting a, from a from a former monastery. Yeah. Then if if you bought <laughs> underpants from a monk at West Veteran and then wore them while brewing in Wisconsin, would that be a Trappist tale? Have you ever worn another man's underwear? <laughs> I, I have not, and I don't plan to. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Although this probably is a weird time to bring up that Brian and I actually have matching underwear. We do. Yeah. It's super like every day. Do they have no, no, no. no. <laughs> you guys just have like no. a shared drawer at the it brewery. Was, it was a the new drawers you, out of. You, Chad, and I all got matching His underwear. His lovely stepmother was like, these are, you know, they're like expensive rich person underwear. Mm. And she was like, you, she bought us each a pair of lime green mm-hmm. rich person underwear. Nice. Like, I don't know. What's rich person underwear? That's, this is a DOO conversation. Well, it's, it's the type of underwear that you buy one of instead of a package of like eight or seven oh, or whatever. Yeah. Those you know are the what best I mean. kind of underwear. Uh, yeah, but I mean. Gourmet underwear? Gourmet underwear. <laughs> are they like wool or it's in some kind of delightful synthetic? Stop. Craft <laughs> underwear. Ooh. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I, for I shouldn't on have the said show that today. out loud. I should have just kept it to myself. You just created a new industry. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get uh, certified Abby underwear? <laughs> Soon. Way to bring it back. Oh All, right. Uh, All right. So I think we've uh, we've killed that topic. Um, so we're gonna jump into some listener mail here. Uh, we have an email from Bjorn. Uh, so a brewing buddy of mine always brings me his homebrew and I in return give him some of mine. Uh, he is full of praise for mine homebrew or for my homebrew beer. Uh, maybe he's just being nice. Uh, you know, I'm not all that nice. And the problem is that all his beer tastes like shit. So I try to nudge him into doing things that I believe will improve his beer. His homebrew has improved uh, some over time, but there is one persisting issue. They all have an off flavor uh, across styles and time. Every beer he brews has a flavor of star anise or anise seeds or fennel. Um, and that's the licorice uh, flavor and sometimes has, a, has quite a strong licorice aroma. But not straight licorice, but licorice uh, in the way of like star anise or fennel seeds. Do you know what may cause such an off flavor? He has temp control and uses a wider range uh, of yeast, dry, fresh, and uh, kvike. Uh, any, uh, anything from Verdant uh, IPA, w, WLP002, uh, Riveness, Kvike are examples. I'm at a total loss. I really can't stand that flavor he gets in his beer. Uh, Bjorn and I went back a few times, uh, and my, my first reaction, uh, before he said that he had temp control was, like, that's, that's a yeast off flavor, uh, temp control. Like, it's, it's, that is an ester derived, um, from high fermentation temps. Yeah, well, my, I guess my first one, I, (laughs) 
I purposely, my mind went to water, but you, I know you guys would always judge me if I said it was water. So, well, but uh, can water lend to that? Off the top of my head, I don't know, but if, if he's saying it's a consistently a thing, my first thought was that, but then I got to thinking if he has temp control, maybe it's a sanitary thing and something isn't being cleaned right consistently. Oh, Boom. you took the words out of my mouth. If, I immediately, I thought of if, cleaning. Yeah, if there's a bottling hose that's not getting cleaned right and everything's passing through the and same everything's thing, passing through or the, the same, same bottles aren't getting rinsed enough or something about the sanitary process could cause that yeast to create that off flavor. Right. So that's my first Definitely, thought. Definitely, like, it, the yeast might metabolize it and do something weird with it, you know? they Yeast are, like, what is my, my metaphor always? They're always picking stuff up and doing stuff with it and then pushing it back yeah, out. You I know what I mean? I didn't even think about, like, mm-hmm. a sanitary issue. That's that makes immediately a what lot I of went sense. to. I, if, it, no. if, it, if it's something that's not in the usual category of off flavor, to me, I'm always like, it's cleaning or something. Well, and and I'm know? focusing on the fact that Bjorn's saying it's, it's, in, it's a similar flavor in every beer, which... Immediately, my mind went water, but with that flavor, I'm, I'm thinking sanitary. Listen, and here's the other thing. Did B- Bjorn, he was like, I'm not nice. And maybe the guy's like, Bjorn's not nice, and so he puts licorice flavor in the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Just to screw with him. You, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, I kind of hope that's it. I do too. Uh, Bjorn, I, I'm sorry like, if your buddy listens and I just put you on blast, <laughs> but you knew this was coming. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't very nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think Bjorn. I don't know if nice. Maybe a nice. No, no, Bjorn. Like, you're nice enough. You yeah, are. You are honest. I, on the drive over here, actually, I said to Justin that I really appreciated, or I was trying to convey that, yeah. that I appreciate that Bjorn's just like, hey, you guys, blah blah blah. Like, yeah, you're, oh, yeah, doing, yeah, we you're love fucking it. this up. You're doing that. You're doing this wrong. Blah blah. We love it. And you know, frankly, he's a patron, and we should probably listen to the people that you know give us money to to do. Well, this I mean, thing. just you know like I mean? we need to listen to our dedicated listeners. Absolutely, we do. So, uh, quick, quick thing on sanitation. Besides just the cleaning, another thing a lot of homebrewers do is really think about how close you're keeping any grain, especially if you're milling your own grain, to your fermentation. Mm-hmm. Do everything you can to separate those two processes by rooms. Yeah, because that can cause have... like a spontaneous lacto, right? Yes. Yeah, which probably isn't this problem. But probably if we're not. just talking sanitary, it's one of those pet peeves for me that a lot of homebrewers and, and breweries have a hard time following. Well, sometimes. we have a sep- totally separate room. Yeah, yeah. That's has doors. Yeah. Yeah. All my grain is in that box and my fermenters are in another room, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a... That's all the Sugar Creek. That's a healthy box of Sugar Creek malt. It is. Sugar it Creek is. malt. We're the maltiest. Right. Oh, you can't do that. That's what works. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> they both can't be the maltiest. Now you've created <laughs> Oh, no. What do they do? Can one be more maltier than the maltiest? I don't know. They should have a, a, a contest. <laughs> I guess we could create different designations. So if one was the original one. One is, oh, certain, oh, it's one is, oh, one is certified oh, maltiest. And, <laughs> and then we can create those designations and charge for those licenses see how this works oh my god (laughs) that's the businessman we're both important businessmen if you don't see us we're busy we're in a board meeting (laughs) anyway all right uh well bjorn i i hope uh that kind of gives you a a direction to move in um because yeah uh besides fermentation i mean that makes the most sense is something uh probably something on the on the in the fermenter that's not or in the packaging line that's not being uh, clean properly or needs to be replaced even. Yeah, that's that's my that's my two cents. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. I'll Should we get out of here? Yes. Thanks for having me. I mean, it was fine. You were here. You were here. <laughs> you were here anyway. I'm just kidding. Oh uh, no, Justin, you know I love having you here. <laughs> 
Because, I mean, this conversation was way more fun with you than it would have been with just me and Brian. Shut up. <laughs> what? We were talking about it's shit not that you kind of not care about. Yeah. All right. If you have any questions, comments, show <laughs> ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindingstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindingstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blindingstudios.ninja. You can also find us on Instagram at blindninjastudios, where sometimes I accidentally post drone footage that I mean to go to my personal account. Whoops. And then you can see that. That's fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, and I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.